Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, and welcome back to The Secret Life of Parkinson's. I'm Jessica Krauser, and if you've noticed over a couple episodes, we have not had Brian Baker, but I am here with Melissa Carlson, owner of PD Next Steps. I'm here again. You're here, Yay. and um, sounds like a fun topic. You're, mm-hmm. you're interviewing me. It's all about Y-O-U, girl. <laughs> Y-O-U. So, Jessica. Yes. You are always asking how everybody else is doing. You're always so inquisitive about the progress of other people, Um, but we tend to shy away from how you are doing, and you have a lot to offer. That's how this works. (laughs) Are doing so much right now, and I think this is a great opportunity to tell the world. How is Jessica Krauser doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, how am I doing? Well, this week, just as everybody with Parkinson's know, it knows every single day is different. Um, this week's had its ups and downs. Um, as you know, I'm not a crier, like ever, except maybe once a year. So I've had mine once this year. And <laughs> I think I'm January. done. <laughs> um, but no, I did. I cried earlier this week just because I was I was having a lot of uh, new pain and stiffness and like rigidness in my arm and my elbow. And I guess the best way to compare it is to tennis elbow. So I don't know. So I was doing some research. I was talking to a couple people about it. And uh, wait, time out. Shocking. You were doing research. I know, right? <laughs> I <was> looking stuff up <laughs> in the right places and reaching out to my, you know, young onset um, network of, of women and you know they they all everybody makes you feel good and and i still like i'm always gonna feel positive about things but everybody do does have those moments you should have those moments where i just sat on the couch and i i looked at my husband and i was like it's just it's not ever gonna get better and it's like and i forget like i forget what the newness of the pain and the rigidity feels like because i had it for so long in my leg that it's it is what it is Mm -hmm. But I've never had it this far up in my in my arm, and I just like looked at him. I started crying, and I fell back because it's like you know me crying for one, and he's like, oh my god, (laughs) you know. But he was he's very he's perfect at it. He knows exactly just like how to comfort, like just you know hugging me and just talking and not you know jumping to any conclusions or whatever. It's just it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But now it's just a new symptom that I have to monitor and. You know, today it's been decent for most of the day, but um, so yeah, so every day. So different. was that shocking? I mean, how did you feel when you first started getting that additional symptom? I so mean, yeah, that's actually interesting because I always question when I was first diagnosed, like, okay, what did it feel like in the mm-hmm. beginning? And um, and it it just starts out slow. Like I remember it was like at least a month or two ago and it was when I was sleeping and I'd wake up, maybe it was just last month. And it, the pain that I felt in my elbow, like just trying to stretch it. I remember in the middle of the night just being like, oh my gosh. And I'd like stretch it out and it still would hurt and like not feel the best. And then it happened. I'm like, maybe I slept on it wrong. Mm-hmm. So then I, you know, I noticed it again, like another night and then another night and another night. 
Maybe it's only been two weeks and it feels like a month. <laughs> and then, I, you know, the the ladies in my group, they're like, you know, try sleeping with your arms straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, and, and it it helped that it didn't have immediate pain, but then I went to like roll over and I bent it and it hurt too. And then it was earlier this week that I started feeling it during the day. And I, Caitlin, my daughter, even noticed like when I was driving, granted it was snowing and she's like, do you like, do people who drive always have to hold on that tight? Like, are you just nervous <laughs> of the knuckle, snow? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it just, I, it's so, like, you don't, like, I know I'm doing it. And then it's like, okay, I need to like stop. Mm-hmm. And then it, but it comes right back because you stop thinking about it. And um, so that's how it started. And now I'm, I'm noticing it's just like how it was with my leg. It's just, it's just stiff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm flexing it a lot. Then I don't, it, gets like almost like that knot like I started I asked Derek to like you know rub my arm in certain spots just like he did with my calf so it's that same idea of like almost getting a knot build up of muscle because it's so tense yeah yeah and I actually I taught one of the women in my little network she she took a video of herself for me because she's like I want to show you she's like I have it too but this is what mine looks like and and she was standing there like she's like I'm not flexing Mm -hmm. but she's it was flexed ah and wow. it's, uh, yeah so but she i think she was she might also be changing medications right now or something but something was off but she's like this is what it, it does happen to me as well so Jeez. one wow. of those things i still feel okay that i'm not by myself yes for sure um so a couple of things on that um you brought up the network of um ladies that you talk to which is awesome that you mm-hmm. have that resource yeah um which is one of the things that I am super proud of you for. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that? that yeah. What happened? Um, so did? it actually started with um, just myself being open with other people. Um, you know, I know a lot of people and understand a lot of people don't want to come out right mm-hmm. away just because if they're still working or they don't want their family to know something is going on or, you know, feel sorry for them, whatever. But it was the, it was the only thing that I knew was going to be able to help me. Um, and in doing so, you know, just on social media, whatnot, people gravitate towards your story and they, people, couple women started reaching out and they're like, your story sounds just like mine. And, and they didn't even, not all of them asked like to connect and, Mm -hmm. but I would offer it. I was like, you ever want to talk or like zoom or whatever. And, and so we would, and then slowly, but surely, like there was three of us to begin with. And then a fourth one came that because one of them knew somebody else and then that's how it continued to grow mm-hmm. somehow like cause no one's i think maybe three or four more have contacted me directly but other ones have just grown because they you know somebody in a family member says oh yeah my sister has it and then they connect them and she's like well i have this group and then they get connected uh. so but it's we're all very you know like-minded is it all women and all women moms all all moms um everyone is working or has worked or is just you know just newly retired Mm -hmm. we're all um i think there's one who's still in her 30s but the rest of like late 30s and then the rest are from like that age up to 60s um early 60s so but they still have like college age kids Mm -hmm. or now like i think one of them has grandkids so it's been nice to share experiences some are newly diagnosed as of last year oh others have joined and they were diagnosed like 10 20 years ago oh wow yeah and how many are do you know they're 16. oh my gosh yeah you went from three i know yeah just and it hasn't even been a year it's just you know just people knowing each other and it's but it's almost like i want i wish other people can start their own groups because you know just like we are at the gym you don't 
not there's no one size fits all for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, even just like we talk about your doctors, you're not gonna jive with everybody. Right. So if you start your own little community and you branch out and you find people that are like you personally, professionally, disease like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well i mean you're not wrong yeah so, so it's been but it's what been a nice great. thing to have to yeah. bounce ideas off like mm. just finding out that you know whoever sent you that picture of oh yeah her and bicep I mean, we actually we do actually where did i put it we do bounce a lot off of each other in like random situations um you know almost like we've been friends for years and it's like okay we all don't even know what some right, of them you look have that like. Common. Yeah, um, but there's like a couple random things that I do want to do topics on at some point. Um, for instance, uh, ice baths. Oh yeah. Did I tell you about that? Yeah, yeah, you did. So that, how that's been helping? Oh, like so, uh, two of the women do it a lot. Where did I put though? Here it is. Um, two of the women do it a lot, and one of them just like now she's like I swear by it. She's what? like I was super afraid to do it, and. Uh, and it was, I think, snowing when she first started doing it. But she's like, I do it almost, I think she said every day for like, yeah, five to eight minutes at, at a time. Oh, my gosh. And she said that the, the, there's the feeling that she gets after and what she feels the rest of the day is amazing. And then another woman does it, but she does it at night because that's the only time she could do it. Mm. But she said it's, she feels like it's been helping her sleep. And there's tons of studies on, I mean, right. sports athletes, they do it right. constantly. So. Um, you know, obviously it might be still something check with your doctor so you don't like shock your system or heart. <laughs> yeah, we're not responsible for yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It's just a like a little, here. little note yeah. here. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that and people talking about dystonia and fatigue. We haven't gotten on the sex topic yet, but I'm sure that'll come up. Always Relationships. Come <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It always I'll comes back. back. <laughs> Let's but have anyway, wine before yeah, we do that. Yeah. Cheers. So anyway, yes, mm -hmm. you notice we're doing a little mm -hmm. wine hour for this. Um, okay, so um, another thing I wanted to know is um, about your kids. So have you yeah. noticed any... The twins were, what, almost 10 when you were diagnosed? I think they were, they were nine. They were yeah. nine, okay. And now they just turned 13. Mm -hmm. So is there any, do they notice any difference? I mean, you told them like, what, four or five months down the line. Yeah. Um, and they were just kind of, They eh, were like, eh, Whatever, okay. yeah, okay. Give, Good like, for you. Yeah. <laughs> glad, you, glad you found something yeah. and, you know. But as, have you noticed any difference with them? Um, no. And that's actually another topic that the women groups, they, they brought up. Somebody asked the question of like, how or when did you tell your kids? Mm -hmm. um, not many people waited, but it's interesting to hear like some kids, you know, they're like, they just don't want to talk about it. But mm -hmm. those are like the teenage years. Mm -hmm. So it's still probably trying to understand what is going on, how it affects them. Mm -hmm. um, and just that idea of being a teenager. But my kids, it's just, it is a part of their life. They don't, I don't know if they notice stuff, but I know like my daughter, she'll be like, you know, she's definitely gonna be a caretaker, like mm -hmm. just caring, you know, child as she is. And my son is too, but like, she'll notice if I'm like having a rough day or, or whatever. And I'm, I'm assuming she would do it regardless if I had this or not, but mm -hmm. you know, she'll help clean up the kitchen mm -hmm. or she'll, you know, do extra. Right. Um, but even, you know, today I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired because I had, two back-to-back all-day work meetings that's not normal for me because I'm part-time and then knowing that I was coming here to, to do podcasts and she's like well like after we go to school why don't you just go take a nap I'm Aww. like, I'm like that's because she knows I do that yeah yeah so they are they're aware of it um it's just not a thing for them mm -hmm. anymore yeah like they yeah 
Well, that's so, good. So yeah, I know it is. It's good. It's like I didn't want them to be thinking about it or burdened with it. Mm. Um, but I did talk to Kate. Like as they get older, I will like mention a few more things because mm-hmm. they learn about stuff at school like depression and anxiety like the amount that they tell kids now mm-hmm. i guess is good you know it's making them aware of stuff but the way that they were talking about depression was like so far off the deep end mm. that i was you know just having a conversation i'm like it could be very different than that and you know it could be this and you know whatever just explaining stuff and finally i just said i was like you know i was like i i dealt with that myself too she's like you did she's like why didn't you tell us i'm like well one because you were really little <laughs> yeah. and i was like too i'm like i was still trying to figure out myself anyways and mm-hmm. she's like she's like and we didn't know how did we not know i'm like because people you know can mask things i'm like but you know i'm exercising and taking medication doing things to help myself mm-hmm. so yeah. that's the thing i hope they just see is that i you get dealt a certain hand mm-hmm. and it's what you make of it. Mm, absolutely. Your attitude yeah. and all that about it. So, well, you do an incredible job. Um, so back to the incredible things you've done. Yeah. Um, what is one thing, if you can put one thing on it, that you are most proud of? Ooh. Um, since being diagnosed. Yeah. Probably finding the gaps within a disease group and um, helping a community. And what I mean by gaps is the work that we're doing with in the 5K for JK nonprofit that we started, um, you know, leveraging that to have a voice for a community that, you know, there is a voice, you know, the Michael J. Fox Foundation is huge. Parkinson's Foundation is big. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Davis Finney Foundation, but it's, um, at least when I was doing my research, there wasn't like, new life like new breath into things or you know what i'm dealing with now is different than what young diagnosed young onset parkinson's diagnoses were dealing with you know 10 20 years ago Mm -hmm. so it's just like any stage of life you know and and so i think filling those gaps of bringing you know new insights new communication and just trying to really break that stigma i feel like that I think people are trying and have tried, Mm -hmm. but that's one thing I'd love to see broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the whole kid idea that we've talked about, like Mm -hmm. filling in the gaps of how do you, how do you make somebody feel better after, I mean, feel better. I know that's a strong word, but make them feel like they're not alone. They're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes for a lot of people, whether you have Parkinson's or not, just to know there are people that are like you, mm-hmm. but anytime you're handed any any diagnosis or any life change, you think it's just me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not. If you just connect with other people, if you're true to yourself and talk about things with who you feel confident with, mm-hmm. you can just feel so much better because there's a whole life to live. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I have to tell you that um, because I've known you for um, what almost four almost years. Almost four years, yeah. yeah. Um, and... I am a crier, so I <laughs> can't find out be a crier, but I'm a crier. <laughs> um, I'm just really, really proud of your vulnerability and how much you have given of yourself and your family and um, how much life and energy and hope you've brought to Aww. this community. And you but um, I cry with you, but it, I already did. <laughs> you have your one for the year, but um. Truly, though, it is you. You are really making a huge difference in so many people's Thanks. lives. So, Thank you. Cheers, cheers to you, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, 
Do you want me to close this out for our last 30 Go seconds? Ahead. Yes. So I'll gather myself. <laughs> Put yourself together, lady. Um, but no, in our last 30 seconds, I think that's a great segue into, yes, there are things that I'm doing that you're doing that others uh, in this community are doing to make things better, make, thing, make things different. And there have been so many people along the way that have been doing the same things. So it's now pulling those pieces together, really putting ourselves out there, because um, there are a lot of us now with Parkinson's, um, but making sure that everybody can find their best support system, their group, whether it's exercise or just socializing. So thank you so much. I appreciate you asking me questions. It's odd to be on fun. the other side. I know, but I know. Well, thank you. We will appreciate see you me. all next time. And uh, thank you again so much. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.